the icons of real estate podcast. Are you ready to learn the proven money-making secrets from top producing icon agents? Ready to skyrocket your business? This podcast is for you. Tune in every week with your host, Tomasz Fonseca, and find out how to implement proven strategies to 10 times your business. From $3 million to $30 million in just 12 months. Brought to you by the Masters in Real Estate Marketing, Ardor SEO. Welcome to the Icons of Real Estate podcast. I'm your host, Patty Teal. Let me tell you about today's icon. His name is Chris Salerno. He helped lead the real estate team in the Carolinas to produce more than $140 million in annual sales before creating QC Capital, a premier multifamily boutique with investment sourcing, structuring, execution, and asset management. He's going to have a lot of information for us today. Welcome, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so happy to have you on the show. Especially, I need to learn more about the things that you are doing and how you're helping people to make all this money. So I'm excited about that. Um, yes. Yes. So usually we start with people sharing their journey. How did you get to the point you're at today? You look pretty young, so you're doing very, very well for yourself. So Thank you. how did you get to where you are? When did you start? Yeah, I started seven and a half years ago in the residential industry. Um, I, as you uh, elaborated a little bit, I was in the residential industry. Um, from there, I became the top broker in Charlotte, uh, grew a company, ended up merging that with the number one company in the Carolinas. They were also fourth in the world. Uh, and was able to make them uh, around 46% profitable in about a year and a half. After doing so, I just felt like I hit a ceiling. There's no more room for me to grow. And I started educating myself um, on the multifamily industry. Um, I have a very old friend that we just reconnected a couple months ago. Um, and we were uh, having a cigar together. And I said, you remember when you told me about that one gentleman who's in multifamily and I ended up pulling up his PPM and reading through his stock and for example, if you can see this right here is a, my documents of our fund that we're about to release. It's around 125 pages. Um, and at that time, his document, I wanted to say, was uh, north of 200. And I read through it all. It put me to sleep a couple of times, but I read through it all. And uh, and that's what really got me into multifamily. Um, I, I love multifamily as it's a necessity. We all need shelter. It's not going away. We have a huge shortage of multifamily at the moment. And so after educating myself on that, um, I ended up uh, going ahead and leaving the single family space residential to create QC Capital. And then within three years, we acquired a little over 200 million, um, sold off some assets, and uh, we're looking to really scale our company uh, within the next six months. Wow, congratulations. That is absolutely wonderful. Now, um, our multifamily um, units especially profitable during an inflationary time as we're in right now? It's very, very profitable. Uh, I mean, we're seeing profits of anywhere from 20 to 40 million on some of these complexes uh, as profits uh, only in a year to two years. So we're seeing extremely profitable. We're not seeing it slow down anytime soon due to the market. You know, going back to your old mathematical uh, college days, when we talk about supply and demand, uh, the supply is extremely low and the demand is out of the roof uh, for multifamily housing. And that is drawing up the prices substantially. Wow. So rents are pretty high right now. So that plays into it too, because there's limited supply. Is that correct? 
Very much so. And, and if you look over the past five decades, uh, from our research, we've never seen rents actually decline. Well, you you may have it in a month, but over year over year, uh, rents have always been on a steady incline. Same with you know uh, pay wages. Uh, we've seen that on a steady incline. You know, fifty years ago, minimum wages what probably five dollars an hour. Now you're seeing a lot of companies do fifteen dollars an hour. Um, so you know times have changed, and we're only seeing an increase. That is so interesting. And so it's a very, very timely. So interesting how you're growing. I know you're in Charlotte, North Carolina, but you've recently expanded out into Texas. Yeah, we acquired our first asset in Texas in Q1 of this year. We're very excited about that. Um, we actually have just got received under contract yesterday another asset in Texas, which is in Houston. Um, so we are um, breaking into the Texas market and very excited uh, to do so. How do you decide where you want to go next as far as, uh, you know, purchasing this multifamily property? Is there a lot of analysis that goes into it? Yeah. Yeah, we do a, a very large deep dive into the properties before we acquire. Um, and, and the reason why is because I also put my own money in these deals. Um, so my my own personal capital is alongside all of our investors uh, capital. And we want to make sure that we have the, that interest aligned. Um, doing a really deep dive. Our main primary focus is the southeast. Uh, we are not opening up any new markets right now at the moment. And Southeast consists of all the way from Texas, Florida, up to North Carolina and Tennessee. Um, and, and that's if you just draw a nice little, uh, you know, shape there, that's where it is from North Carolina, Florida, Texas, Tennessee. Um, and, uh, and if you connect those dots, that's where our main focus is. And, and the reason being is because a lot of job prop population is going down there, a lot of job growth. You're seeing companies fluctuate and, and move everything and move their headquarters to the southeast. Low cost of living still at the end of the day. Um, and, and that's what people want. And so we're following that trend. And we, we feel that that trend is going to grow even more. For example, here in Charlotte, a lot of people don't realize that Charlotte's the second biggest financial district in the United States, right after Manhattan. We're home to a lot of financial firms, and we just built and led the nation in office uh, development of over 5 million square foot um, of office development just last year alone. Um, so we're seeing a lot of growth here in Charlotte, and it's not slowing down, and we're also noticing that throughout the Southeast. Wow. Well, I didn't know that they were the second biggest financial district. So that's news to me. I knew they were a big city, a big fun yep. city, but that's news. Yeah. So I know, Chris, you work with accredited investors. What makes an investor accredited? Yeah. So that uh, that definition does not come from us. Uh, we don't make it up. It comes from the SEC, which is the Securities Exchange Commission. Uh, and that's who governs us um, as, as uh, a uh, private equity firm uh, throughout the space. And the SEC has made the definition of an accredited investor is an individual who makes $200,000 uh, for the past two years and expect to make it this year um, and or have a minimum net worth of $1 million. And if you're filing as a couple, as a married couple, that uh, number instead of $200,000 has to be $300,000 for the past two years and expect to make it this year or a minimum net worth of $1 million. That is the definition of an accredited investor. So that means you would be an accredited investor and you can now participate in our type of uh, prop opportunities that we offer. Um, and, and so that we've, the, the SEC has made some uh, announcements that that number may change and increase. Um, as, as of right now, that's where the definition stands. 
Um, but we all know with Uncle Sam, you never know what uh, what they'll do when they wake up. So <laughs> you never know. You never know. Is it hard for investors to make that leap from um, you know single family homes to the multi unit investor? That's a great question. It's only hard if you make it hard. Okay. Um, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, if you, if you decide to make things harder on yourself, it's going to be very difficult. If you decide to uh, seek the positive and and, um, and and seek out the you know positive things and and uh, really push yourself, uh, you're going to make it easy. Um, but it, it's all up to you. If you're going to make if you, if you think it's going to be hard, it's going to be hard. If you think it's going to be easy, it's going to be easy. Um, I now, like that. When I say easy. Uh, don't, I don't think it's roses, champagne, and, and chocolate-covered strawberries all the time <laughs> uh, because it is difficult. Um, right. I, uh, when I left uh, that one company that I operated, I reconnected with the owner a couple months ago, and he said, Chris, after you left, I did some research on, on your industry, um, and I realized, and I've talked to some people in your industry, only the 1% make it. He says, mm -hmm. your industry is cutthroat. And I said, yes, it's the Hunger Games. That's what it is. And, and, and I love it. I enjoy mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. um, and he said, you know, he said, I'm proud of what you created within three years because uh, it is a very difficult business to be in. And I said, I know. Um, and so, you know, it's uh, it's how you see the business and how you can uh, handle the stress and pressure. Everyone can handle stress and pressure differently. Right. So you said one percent. That's what successful? he said. Oh, that's what, that's he, what said. he said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he said he said about one percent. He said a lot of people fail in this industry uh, because it's extremely difficult to to get up, run, and, and run a billion dollar company. Yeah. So, what type of person would you say would be successful? Because one percent is, of course, a very small percentage, and he may be right, he may be wrong, but obviously, it's a small percentage. What does it take to succeed? Yeah, I definitely think, uh, you know, it, it takes drive, motivation, uh, determination to succeed, willing to do whatever it takes. Um, you know, um, I've slept in my office plenty of times. A couple of weeks ago, I've slept in my office. Um, I enjoy work. I'm the most comfortable behind my desk. Um, I think another thing that what it really takes is that it takes the ability to handle stress and pressure at a very high level. Um, we're dealing with millions and millions of dollars that we could lose. And, and you have to be able to sleep at night. You have to be able to wake up. You have to be able to deal with a lot of, lot of things and a lot of moving parts all at once. Um, and, if, and if you can't handle that uh, with that type of pressure, then, you know, I always recommend hop on a company, hop, hop on a team uh, that has a very strong CEO and a very strong leader that can handle that type of pressure because it gets down to the deadline. Uh, some scenarios you have 30 minutes, you know, to wire capital or you lose a million bucks. Um, wow. And then a lot of people can't handle that pressure or stress. I might be one of them. <laughs> that sounds kind of scary to me. Anyway, but there are a lot of those entrepreneurial types that just thrive with that kind of pressure. I, I love it. it. Yeah, love it. yeah. So how do these investors find you or how do you find them? Yeah, it's a mixture. Uh, we have a very strong social media presence. I have an Instagram, uh, which is Chris underscore Salerno underscore. Uh, I'm very uh, present on LinkedIn with pouring educational content throughout LinkedIn uh, on the multifamily and alternative investing space. And then our website, um, which is qccapitalgroup.com. A lot of people find us through Google and social media. Um, we're actually increasing our uh, ad spend right now on Instagram and Facebook, and we're moving over to LinkedIn as an ad spend too. Um, so I think those are some very, very important um, things that we are doing. 
And that's how investors are finding us and we're finding investors. The majority of our investors, I will tell you, are referral-based. They come and, and they're uh, our referral-based uh, investors that are referring their friends and family because uh, you know they are so pleased with our services. They, they want everyone to be involved. Well, and that's a testament to you. They must be very happy with you or they wouldn't be referring you. Very and much I know, so. Yes, and I know you have a podcast, which is called Mindful Multifamily Show. I love that name. Really Thank nice. You. And what is its purpose? Who would benefit by uh, watching or listening to it? Tell, tell me a little bit more about that podcast. Yeah, so the purpose of the Mindful Multifamily Show is to add educational uh, information to the everyday individual who's looking to invest. When I first got in the space, I didn't know I could have any part of ownership of these larger buildings. And so that show, the show is to educate individuals on investing into real estate, on how they can get started. And with all that, I just wrote the multifamily real estate investing booklet. You can find it on Amazon. It's only $6.99. And everything I have accumulated in my knowledge, I put in this booklet, which is around a 60, 60 uh, page booklet, very quick but it's in detail on how you can get started investing in these larger deals, pay no taxes, depending on how you file your taxes um, and, and start building wealth through large multifamily real estate. So Chris, would you repeat the name of that again? That sounds very interesting. I think a lot of people will want to get that. Yeah, it's the multifamily real estate investing booklet. Okay. Um, it is on Amazon and I can send you over the link uh, so you can put it in the show notes, but it looks that just like great. this. Would be great. And so I was uh, reading on your website uh, about the 1031 exchange and how yes. investors can use it to their advantage. Can you explain that? Yeah. So the benefit that uh, we all have right now at the moment, uh, I've heard they're maybe taking it away. So let's take advantage of it as much as possible. Uh, is the 1031 exchange. That is the ability to not pay taxes on your profits. So for example, when you go ahead and uh, sell a property, uh, you can either liquidate your, your profits and liquidate your investment. And that means that, that it goes directly back to you. And then you would have to pay tax on it or capital gain tax, depending on um, how long your capital has been in that investment vehicle. And if you decide to say, hey, I don't want to pay tax. I don't need the money right now. I want to reinvest that into another deal with you. Then you, um, our, our investing partners, when we sell a property, say, hey, Chris, uh, let's go ahead and reinvest it. Then it goes into a 1031 and it sits with an intermediary, which they hold the capital. Uh, we cannot touch it or Uncle Sam uh, wants us to pay tax. So we we put it with an, an intermediary who holds the capital. And then we have we find another deal that we can 1031 that capital in. So we are deferring our taxes. We're not paying tax on that money because of the code um, that uh, the um, Uncle Sam, the government has created the, with the 1031 exchange where we can take that money and then place it into that new investment without paying tax. Now, um, there's multiple different ways. We also do accept 1031s from other investors. Um, we have investing partners that come to us and say, hey, we have a 1031, we have to place capital um, and they can 1031 their capital uh, with us in our deal as well. It doesn't just have to be um, someone who's already participated in an opportunity. Wow, that's really interesting. Oh, so much to learn. And they can listen to your podcast and, and learn more or get the book that you were speaking of. Now, um, could you explain also what a bridge loan is and when that would be something that an investor would consider? 
Yeah, that's a great question. Um, our book also explains in detail what a bridge loan is, um, and I'll give you a high-level overview. Um, right now, we're not seeing that many people go bridge, um, and uh, we we used to go bridge. We no longer uh, go bridge. We go regular agency, and what that means is bridge is a loan that you can get. Normally, it's higher leverage, higher a little higher interest rate. Um, however, the past year and a half, it was lower interest rates. So that's why you saw a lot of people go bridge and it covers your CapEx, which means that your CapEx is your renovation budget. What you do is you, for example, if you have a million dollars as a renovation budget, you can go get a 60, 65, 70, 75% bridge loan, which is going to also include your million dollars. So they'll give you a 70% of value. And then they'll also do 100% of your renovation budget. Um, and normally it's uh, it's a lot more flexible. Uh, you have a certain IO period. You do have a higher interest rate. However, you do have to purchase a cap. You don't have to, but lenders require you to. Uh, so you basically have to. Uh, and it's a rate cap, which means you're paying extra money to make sure that you are capped out at a certain rate. So if interest rates go above there, they actually reimburse you. Um, however, you have a floating rate loan. Uh, very rarely you'll get a fixed rate uh, with a bridge. Uh, the, I would say 90, 98% of the time you're going to get a floating rate, which means your rate floats depending on the market. Why a lot of people are going agency right now is because of the debt market so volatile and it's mm -hmm. so expensive to buy a rate cap that it doesn't make sense to go bridge. Um, mm -hmm. I, I have heard a couple bridge lenders um, doing fixed. I've heard about that, and that's why I brought it up. Uh, however, it's very, very rare, and you have to have very strong relationships, in my opinion, to uh, get that ability to have a fixed uh, bridge. Oh, thank you for explaining that. Now, is there a picture or an avatar of your average investor? Are they young, old, all ages? Can you... Uh... It, it's a wide range. We have young, we have older, we have uh, CEOs, executives, we have retired individuals, uh, we have um, uh, military individuals, which are hold dear to my heart. Um, we have, you know, it, just a wide range of individuals, but they all have one thing in common is, is they want to build wealth through real estate investing. Right. And obviously, you believe, and actually I do too, that building wealth through real estate investing is the best way to build wealth. If you look at all the billionaires, and I study that a lot of billionaires very closely, majority of them do own uh, real estate, and a lot of them do own multifamily units because of the economies of scale and the ability for uh, the appreciation um, in cash flow that these properties house. Now, keep in mind, it's a necessity. We all need shelter. We need food and shelter. That's that's what we're going to find uh, in, in our life. And then we're going to do things uh, beyond that after we find those two things. So um, a lot of billionaires, a lot of very, very wealthy individuals find it. One thing to note is that your insurance companies, Northwestern Mutual, um, which we have very good relationships with, uh, Travelers, Geico, Allstate, they all own multifamily real estate. Wow. Um, a lot of them beat us out on deals because they're paying cash 50, 60, 70 million for these deals. So they, they're beating us out on these deals. However, they all own multifamily real estate in their portfolio. And why is that? Because it cash flows and they need to pay out premiums. When something happens, they have to pay out premiums. So they're paying out premiums from the cash flowing real estate they own. They know what they're doing, don't they? They do. And, and one thing to note as well is um, I dropped out of college at, um, very early at a year after a year and a half. 
And the reason why is because I realized, um, and, and we have very good relationships with the University of Michigan uh, endowment at the moment. Um, I realized that when, when I was in college that uh, an 18 year old has to go and, and get a loan from Uncle Sam and that loan pays the tuition at the college. Well, as an 18 year old, that's the only loan or no matter what age you are, that's the only loan you cannot file for bankruptcy. So you have to, and you're forced to pay that loan back to Uncle Sam, because if you don't pay after six months, then they go into your wages and garnish them, whether you like it or not. So you're forced to pay those student loans back. And now the, the, the university has your 40 or 60,000 a semester, you know, that whatever number you're paying, they have that 40 or 60,000. Guess what they're doing with it? What? They're investing. They're investing in the real estate. <laughs> That's what they're well, doing. They're investing. That money. Yeah. And I and I realized that, and I said, "Why are they?" I I said, "I'm out. I'm dropping out of college. This is ridiculous. Uh, it's the best business there is because they're guaranteed their money from Uncle Sam, and uh, the students are forced to pay them back." Mm -hmm. And so after realizing that, that's when I said I am out and I started educating myself in the real estate industry. And ironically, now we partner with institutions that are endowments uh, from colleges to help them invest in the real estate. That's fascinating. I hope that attitude is changing. I know um, when my kids were in school, it's like if you didn't go to college, the parents would feel like your child was a failure. They were doomed, you know. Oh, oh your kid didn't go to college? Wow. <laughs> yeah, you, know, they, you know, a couple of them didn't graduate. So, you know, they're yeah. just doomed. But yeah, that's that's not true. That's the that's the uh, that is is the the generation uh, that was prior to myself is that you have to go to college to be successful. I remember when I was in elementary school. Um, my teacher said, "Do you want to flip burgers at McDonald's? Because you have to go to college if you don't want to do that." Yes, that was the and, attitude. You either and, did, uh huh. Mm -hmm. and keep this in mind: elementary, middle school, and high school—they brainwash you. The teachers tell you you have to go to college to be successful. You have to go to college to be successful, and they keep telling you that. And so, elementary school, and middle school, and high school—you say, "Well, I got to go to college to be successful." So, how many kids go to college and not know what they want to do? And I'm like, why are you, why, why are you taking out all these loans and you don't even know what you want to do? But, <laughs> right. but in my opinion, they brainwash you through elementary, middle school, and high school because Uncle Sam wants you to take out these loans. Ah. So now they have control over you. Mm -hmm. The colleges are making money and they're investing your money that you just paid them. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, it takes all kinds and all kinds of people, and some people need to go to college, and others are more entrepreneurial and can just jump right in like you did. That is right. Yeah. So how much, I know it varies widely, but how much would an average multi-unit apartment complex sell for in your area? Um, in my area, anywhere from uh, 30 to uh, around 80, 85 million. That's, that's the ballpark that we're seeing a lot of transactions are. Okay. And then what is the minimum that an investor would need to put in? Do you have uh, multiple investors on a property? Yep. So we have multiple investors for a property. We're releasing a fund next week, uh, which is our QC Capital Fund 2. And our minimum investment uh, is 50000 into the fund. Okay. I also love that you study billionaires. I think that's where I went wrong. I didn't study those billionaires. <laughs> I, I, I study every bill. I know all the top 10 billionaires. I've studied them, their businesses, how they've created their businesses, what they're doing. Every time I see when they lose a net worth, I study it to figure out, you know, why, why they drop net worth. And a lot of people, you know, are, are thinking, well, oh, my God, Jeff Bezos or, or uh, um, Elon Musk just lost $30 billion. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, their $30 billion 
is probably $30 to us or $3 to us. Um, But to the average individual, when they see that, they're like, holy cow, I can't imagine that. But they don't realize that it's a different scenario when you're at that level that it's only three or three dollars or even thirty dollars, maybe three hundred to them. That's it. Right. So um, what is your biggest challenge? You're doing very well, obviously. Is it uh, the stress or you deal with stress just fine? Do you have any challenges at all? No, you, you know, uh, time management is a big challenge. Uh, you know, when you are creating a company like this, everyone wants a piece of your time. And, you know, unfortunately, you have to learn how to say no, um, mm-hmm. because uh, if you say yes all the time, you're going to realize that you've gone you've gone the whole week and, and you haven't accomplished anything. Um, so there, you, you definitely have to learn how to say no. and You have to time manage properly. One thing I do is I have a business therapist and a personal therapist. I think that is huge. Um, I, you know, talk to them and I see them on a weekly basis, um, to talk any, you know, any issues that I'm going through both personally and in business. Uh, and, and I think that's very, very helpful. Um, I, I you know, it's important to have an open mind, especially when hiring, uh, employees and, and managing people, because there are times I'm wrong and then mm-hmm. I'll admit I'm wrong and, and take one of my employees ideas and say, yes, you are right. Let's go with it. Um, so, you know, I think, uh, ha- having that open mind, better time management is always key. Wow, that was very interesting. And do you have a family, uh, children, wife that you shared time with as well? I am a single father. I have a Mm -hmm. son who is uh, going to be three in December, and he is my world. His name's Cruz Alexander Salerno. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love that little man. Oh, and the kids take a lot of time, and it's time you can't get back. So that's very, very important. That is right. That is right. Yes. Well, Chris, it's been fascinating to talk with you. I so loved having you on icons of real estate podcast and i think you're a true icon boy i can't wait to see where you are in 10 20 years oh it's gonna be exciting (laughs) fun journey ahead of me absolutely all right bye-bye now all right bye